Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Thursday morning, my last show for 2023. It's been an absolute blast, but we've still got three hours to get through this morning, and there is a lot for us to work through, including my top 10 sporting stories of 2023. So we did a bit of crystal balling yesterday ahead of 2024, but I want to know this morning what you think the biggest sporting story of the year was. Now, sporting moments, the sporting stories, I want you to sort of differentiate for me because that's what I've done this morning. I've ranked them into a top 10. It's not easy when you think about the stories that we've had and the performances that we've had. And some of the sporting moments do make the big sporting story, but some don't as well. So I'll count down that for you in our next hour of the program and we'll relive some very, very big issues in the sporting year that we've just had and continue to have. But this morning on 0457 736 736, I want to know what you think number one is. I've got my number one and I tossed and turned all night over it, believe me. But I finally got there in the end, so let me know what your one is. What was the the top ten sporting stories and what was the biggest one of 2023? Think of what we've gone through this year, from rugby league through to cricket, through to netball, through to golf, through to the Matildas, of course. I mean, and everything in between. The Commonwealth Games, they all get a start along the way. But I've narrowed it down to the big one, and we'll do that a little bit later. In between now and then, give me yours on the text line. Uh, We need to start, of course, with Greg from Gundagai finally getting a winner. He got on the board. I mean, talk about a top 10 sporting story. (laughs) Greg finally got get-along yesterday. He gave us a tip said that he had a coffee with Wayne Hawks and everything was hunky-dory and Tommy ended up jumping on. I remember that you told me yesterday you're going to put a few dollars here or there and it's managed to get up. And in fact, that's where the text messages have started this morning. Christmas miracles do happen. So does Greg get his own tipping segment now? Or are we going by the broken clock theory? Yeah, perhaps, bud, perhaps. And the Western Sydney Eagle says, the one time I ignore his tip, it gets up. Well, I didn't get on. I just let it slide through to the keepers. So, well done, Greg. Uh, you got us a winner, but you waited and waited and waited and finally get the, you finally got there in the end. Of course, it is a Thursday, so it means everyone's a winner on this Thursday. Our last listener standing quiz will be coming up as well in our next hour. You'll need to know some footy. You'll need to know some cricket, some com games thrown in there as well. But you'll need to make sure that you... Listen closely because I'll give you most of the clues along the way. The Signet Boost Power Bank is up for grabs today. one 1170 is my open line number. So we'll do that straight after the 10 o'clock news. Or you can send me a text along the way. But one 1170 get through five questions and you will be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Signet Boost Power Bank. Adrian Brown's going to join me this morning in our next half hour. He is one of the directors of the Amazon Prime video series, The Test. Now, we all know um, how this has rolled out over the last couple of seasons and the extraordinary stories that they're told. Well, boy, didn't they have an absolute beauty to tell in 2023? And they have done so in the third series. So Adrian's one of the directors, and he'll talk us through how all that played out. It follows them from the World Test Championship final, of course, through the ashes, So you can imagine that Alex Carey is a key figure in this one. And so too is Pat Cummins, Nathan Lyon, the lot. So we'll have a chat with the series director 
just after the 9.30 news this morning and get his take on how all that played out and perhaps what they ended up having to leave on the cutting room floor. It's a joint venture between Adrian's company, Wooshka, which is a media company, plus Amazon itself worldwide, plus Cricket Australia. So that's an interesting part because Cricket Australia opened the doors to the team and the, the team have to agree to it. And if you've seen any of the previous series, you know exactly the kind of fly-on-the-wall input that you get or, or view that you get. So when does Cricket Australia go, oh, hang on a second, this one's getting a little bit too close to the bone, especially with what happened over there in the Ashes. So make sure you stay tuned for that one and also what's next in the pipeline. Rob Quiney will join me. We'll talk wines with Ben Riggs this morning as well. In cricket, the Prime Minister's 11-day two uh, continues at Manuka Oval in Canberra this morning. Pakistan will resume at six for 324 runs galore on day one, but plenty of wickets as well. And Jordan Buckingham uh, claiming three for 63. So impressive in his start, replacing Michael Nessa in that lineup and taking a wicket with his very first over. In fact, his last ball of the first over, which was a wicket maiden. Shan Masood, the captain of the Pakistan team, is not out on 156. He is a 34-year-old player who's played 30 tests for Pakistan. Meanwhile, did you know, do you, how much do you know about the Australian captain of the Prime Minister's eleven, Nathan McSweeney. He's 10 years younger than his opposing captain, yet to play a test, but here he is in charge of the Prime Minister's eleven. I did a function last night as we launched SEN Cricket's coverage, uh, cricket coverage of this summer, and I had Dougie Bollinger with me and Simon Cattage, and we, we went through a range of discussion topics as we did a little panel, and it was really interesting to get Cat's take on the Australian opener post-David Warner. Now, we know that Marcus Harris, Matt Renshaw and Cameron Bancroft are all essentially in what's called a bat-off down there at Marnica Oval. However, Cameron Green's in that team as well, comes off 96 in the Sheffield Shield. And according to Simon Cadditch last night, as we spoke, he just made so much sense that the Australian selectors, in his view, aren't too convinced on the three that they've got there. And if they were convinced, they probably wouldn't have them there. So in his mind, he thinks that Cameron Green could be the option to go up into that opening position. A new chapter for Cam Green. He's a, an ultimate talent. He's a generational player. They've got him there for the long term. We know all that. And they've had cracks at Harris, Renshaw and Bancroft before. Labashane won't want to move up. Steve Smith won't want to move up. Labashane would do it if you asked him. So what do they do post-David Warner? Really interesting chat, and I've got to tell you, the more that Simon Cadditch spoke, he'll be part of our SEN cricket commentary team, along with Dougie, of course, and the whole array of stars. But the more that Cat spoke, the more I was leaning towards his eye, his idea or his way of thinking as well. BBL season 13 starts tonight. The Brisbane Heat v the Melbourne Stars. And then tomorrow, we've got the Sydney Sixers against the Renegades at the SCG. And then Tuesday, the Sydney Thunder will play the Brisbane Heat at Monica as well in Canberra. And Renegades coach David Sakers stirred the pot. He said, well, hang on a second. Why can't Scotty Boland play for the Melbourne Stars tonight? Despite it being seven days away before the beginning of the first test, where Scott Boland will really only make the starting 11 if there's an injury to Cummins, Stark or Hazelwood. And David Sakers said, well, 
why not? Why are we pulling somebody like Scott Boland out of a series opener, especially when this summer they've reverted back to a 40-match schedule, down from 56. They're trying to make the league more attractive to both fans and players, yet they're going to park Scott Boland because it's seven days away from a test match that he is unlikely to play in. He makes some very good points. And this is the balance that they've got to try and do. The load management thing will will absolutely spin your head in cricket and in other sports, but especially in cricket. And they always have to err on the side of caution here and no doubt with fast bowlers as well. Get all that. But David Saker said it's so hard for Cricket Australia to get it right, but there should be more consistency with who can play and who can't play. And there's got to be more transparency a long way out. It seems to me at times... It's done on the run instead of long-term planning. He said, I want the best players in the whole of Australia playing this competition. I can't see how Scotty Boland bowling four overs is going to have a huge effect on him. And he's been playing enough cricket. Four overs is not going to kill him. It's a good point. It's a really good point. Now, they've got to manage it. We get that. But you'd think that if you've got an opportunity to play Scott Boland and he's going to bowl four overs in a BBL match that you'd try and make that happen if you could. Not to mention Nathan Lyon being ruled out because of those international commitments for his, what was going to be his debut for the Renegades against the Sydney Sixers. So it's that balance there. Let me know this morning what you think about that, what you want from BBL. Do you want more of our international players? They've changed the schedule. They've finally gone back to 40 matches. Do you want more access to our big stars from the test arena and more flexibility? Or are you happy to leave it in the hands of Cricket Australia and should test matches obviously take priority over there? Or do you think they're just going a little bit too far? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is my open line number on that one. Or 0457-736-736. Michelle Brish, uh, Bishop broke the news yesterday on the run home that the Bulldogs are set to be without Connor Tracy for the opening five to six weeks of next season. It's a big hit, isn't it? And I know the boys have spoken about this this morning. He only signed with the Doggies a couple of weeks ago, the 28th of November. But an ankle injury happened on his final day, which we told you about at pre-season training with Cronulla before the switcheroo. And now he looks as though he's going to miss at least the first month of the NRL season, which, of course, starts in Las Vegas. And we'll start with the Seagulls taking on the Rabbitohs. Sunday afternoon, the 3rd of March, our time. That'll be the first match, but Connor Tracy and his debut for the Bulldogs will have to wait. As Michelle Bishop said, it's not just an average role. It was a really bad role. He'll be out. He can't do much pre-season, which is a massive blow, and you hate to see this, 100%. The Doggies' first five games of 2024, they had the Eels away, the Sharks away, the Titans at home, the Bunnies away, and the Roosters at home. And, of course, the Roosters are in the news. Mark Nawangani-Tawasi is reportedly set to sign with them on a two-year deal. So look at this as a straight swap, folks. They get a Wallabies winger and they lose Joseph Suwali'i to the Wallabies. Nawangani-Tawasi would sign for two seasons, 25 and 26. Interestingly, leaves the door open under that deal if it goes through to return to Union in time for the 2027 World Cup but would rule him out of the British and Irish Lions Tour. So let's think about this. And Roosters fans, give me your thoughts on this. 
and we say this quite often, there are many more things to go into it, but what if there was a straight swap at play here and you could do it straight away? What if Nwangani Tuasi could come to the Roosters early and Suali'i goes to Rugby Union early? Suali'i gets some super rugby under his belt before he heads off to the spring tour and Nwangani Tuasi gets time there either in and around the group to build his life as a rugby league player for the Roosters. It looks as though it's going to happen anyway at the end of the year. You don't want to let players go that you've already got, but if you've got a like-for-like replacement, perhaps, who knows? Would you rather see just a straight swap? Or are you prepared to sit this one out and see how it plays out for the rest of the season? Let me know your thoughts on that. Roosters and rugby fans on 1300-01-1170. Now, the golfing rollback. It's been made official. We've covered this this week and all the hoo-ha that's around it. If you've missed it, basically what they're doing is they're rolling back the distance that a golf ball can travel. It's, it's that simple. However, it's for both professionals and amateurs. So it's for you and I, and it's for Rory and Tiger. The professionals will cop it in 2028. The amateurs will cop it in 2030. They will enact a change to their golf ball testing protocols that will make the ball travel shorter. They'll be limited to 317 yards with a few yards of tolerance around it. What's the end game here? Well, what's the outcome? The RNA and the USGA, who have enacted the rules, predict if you're a pro, 9 to 11 yards you'll lose, 5 to 7 yards on the LPGA, and for the rest of us, between 1 and 5 yards of distance. A lot of feedback on this from players, from manufacturers, from tours themselves. But it's now been made official. And the part that was coming, which they originally were going to leave in two parts, um, they were going to say, let's do it only for the pros, essentially, and leave the amateurs alone. Well, they've made it official that it will come for both, albeit with a two-year break in between. The pros getting it in 2028 on January, January the 1st and then coming into all levels of golf in 2030. So I'll give you some of the feedback around that from players, manufacturers. The manufacturers are key in this one, and also the tours as well, who I've got to say are massively sitting on the fence because they have to. They have to. Let's go straight to the open line. James, on the line. My last show of the year, James, I'm, I'm tipping that you've got some gold for me this morning. Ah, chicken, chicken, scotch fillet. Thank you very much. <laughs> ten bucks at four eighty with a ten dollar bonus. Thank you. Ninety bucks. I'm having scotch fillet, not chicken oh, tonight. Not chicken tonight. You're going the scotch fillet. So you jumped on Greg from Gundy. Sure. So, so gee, he's copped a pounding, Greg from Gundy. Um, but he's managed to yeah, get one. Yeah, but Tommy got it right. Tommy got it right. You know, I'm, and I say if I got a tip, and I tell someone that, and it doesn't come in, they bag me, and I say, okay, next tip if it wins, give me twenty percent of the winnings. Otherwise, shut up. <laughs> oh, and that does it. <laughs> uh, and the other thing, Matty. Yeah. Um, the sporting. Are you one of those sporting thing? I think the top story would be Bearstow being run out, and with the golf balls. Um, I'll go and give lessons to the buddy pros. They'll bloody drop their sh- drives down twenty meet twenty meters, if not more. I can bloody <laughs> teach them that. They can keep the same golf balls. No worries. Mate, and I'm with you. I'm getting closer I'm with you. to the uh, last man standing, aren't I? 
you are getting closer. Three yeah. Last week. Yeah. So for our for yeah. our listeners that that don't know, James likes to text in before I even throw out the question. So I give you a little bit of a clue of where I'm heading, but then you, what you do is you come up with answers to questions that you think that I'm going to ask, which is which is really interesting. And you are getting close. I'll tell you that. So today, mate, there's some cricket questions around. There's a there's a birthday in the world of cricket today that'll pop up as well. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know how much you do the old Doctor Google, but there's a there's a there's a birthday for a famous Australian cricketer that's popped up today, and the Commonwealth Games will feature in my top ten stories of 2023. So there's a little bit around that, some rugby league and cricket. So have a crack at yeah. that. Hey James, got to let you go, mate. Have a I merry will, Christmas. Man. Thank you for being part of the show, and I appreciate your calls on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Maddie on the rollback. Uh, what time do they take to the air? Hmm. As in, when do they start? January 1, 2028 for the pros and then at the start of 2030 for the rest. I think that's what you mean by that. But James has got a good point. If they want to bring pros back to the field, then take us out there. We'll show them how to hit, like, probably their ankles. <laughs> Not 317 yards, 17 yards. We'll bring the whole game back. No problems. 0457 736 736. Hey, Duckman, thank you for your text. Nathan McSweeney's leading the aggregate and averages in the batting this season for Shield. I think we need to look at the future, and this guy is the future at 24 years of age. And he's leading, thank you, Duckman, you're right, he's leading the Australian Prime Minister's 11. He's captain down there of some pretty well-known cricketers and test match cricketers under his charge for, for the next couple of days at least. We're back after this break.